Motor Cult episode 21. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by Ryan Sinitsky. Hello, sir. Howdy. And we are uh, doing this podcast in an unorthodox place, if you couldn't tell by the sound already. We are in our mobile studio, which also is known as my Mazda 5 Daily Driver. Which minivans are great. Yes, this is great. <laughs> We're in the AC. We are at Proving Grounds 2018 Part 1. Yep, up at Brainerd uh, International Raceway in Brainerd, Minnesota. I'm drinking Grain Belt because, uh, well, my hams were not cold yet the so. hams are not yet cold and the northeast not yet cold. you guys have already heard the review of northeast it's very good uh and ryan we've got a guest this week yes we do we got brian from international uh vehicle importers or top rank as you would say top rank yeah. yep um so brian why don't you tell us about what you do sure yeah uh top rank international vehicle importers we're based in cypress california now uh, another location in long beach and uh pretty strong representation here in Minnesota, uh, out of Minneapolis. We import uh, cars primarily from Japan, but all over the globe. Full cars or half cuts or full? Full cars, okay. only the legal way, 25 okay. years old or older. Nice. We also do uh, vehicles for show or display. We have a R34 GTR right now, which qualifies, and uh, lots of other vehicles as well. Very cool. Yeah. Is the R34 local or is that in California? It is in California, okay. uh, and it is sold. And it's <laughs> yeah, expensive. It's not one of the Motor X cars or whatever that place was. It is not a Motor X car, but uh, eligible under show or display. Midnight okay. Purple 2. Uh, oh, nice. V spec, early uh, edition. It's the best color. That is. It is, yeah, it's a great color. And uh, had to go through all of its EPA compliance. Uh, okay. Did you have to change anything with like side markers or gauge cluster or anything? Nope. Or? So, under show or display, uh, the vehicle's exempt from all of that, okay. uh, limited to 2,500 miles a year. But because it's newer than 21 years old, it's not exempt from EPA. Okay. Uh, so, all of that work needed to be done um, along with the California compliance. Just to so get eligible for California. New catalytic converters, or is it more significant than that? That's, yeah, it's or? really intricate. Yeah, okay. I mean, you're doing a lot of modifications, uh, lots of tuning, lots of timing. Uh, lots of fine adjustments. So you're doing a TDI thing where you have a special dyno uh, yeah, that recognizes yeah, it. Yeah, wink, yeah. wink, nudge, nudge. Right. <laughs> we've spent, with flying colors. Yeah, I mean, we've spent the better part of um, the last two years doing Dang. it. Yeah, the non-Volkswagen way. So, yeah, it's... <laughs> the uh, non-Volkswagen yeah, way. But it's, um, yeah, so... So, I guess, actually, Brian would be the person for you to talk to when you want to import your Aventime. I do want to run an Aventime really badly. Huh? Very cool. Could you, so if you get a car for show or display, mm -hmm. can you, when it turns 25, can yeah. you retitle it for normal titling? You don't even need to. Yep. It just becomes L. Yeah. So you should just get an well, Aventime. But I read into show and display or show or display. Yep. Show or display. Show or display a while ago and it, it was limited to like a certain number of units or something there like is, that. There is. Yep. So um, you're looking for a production of under 500. Okay. Um, and some sort of. Is that per year or overall for the model and. Like, how is that actually? Is it like a trim right, yes. level? Right, yep. So it would go based on that addition of the vehicle, you know. So, okay. Um, so that might example. actually work then. Yeah, if you find yourself a manual Aventine. I was going to say, a V6 Privilege model. manual, they did not make many of those. I think they made less than 500 over three years. Sure, but on the other side of it is you need to have that vehicle be somewhat significant. Oh, it so, is. So it is. It's yeah, a it's minivan a, with two doors. It's a okay. two-door minivan. I mean, but yeah. is it, does it show a technological advance? It does. Yeah, actually, it does. I could probably make the case for yeah, several no, of Yeah, no, there's, uh, they did the have doors. a special design door, so okay. they could have a minivan with two doors.
doors that you could open up in a normal park. And business. it almost bankrupted Nissan. Yes, it did. Very significant. So um, <laughs> there's a website called showordisplay.com. Okay. And on there, there's a list of the vehicles that are currently eligible. Right. And if it's not on that list, you can petition to have it added. Okay. Um, I say yeah. we do that. I think that would we, be That would be a great motor call thing for us we to do. We can do on your behalf. We've petitioned other vehicles be added. And what if you been added. like what? So, uh, well, I mean, the Nismo R32 Skyline GTR. Oh, before uh, they was, were legal? Was okay. one that was petitioned. Um, you know, the Midnight Purple 2 V-Spec. Okay. Um, you know, there's it's a bit of a process and the NHGSA can take some time to get back to you, but sure. um, it's more of a pass or fail kind of thing. You sure. just make your case and, and prove while it's there. You just have to wait another 10 years. And they say no. Yeah. Well, I feel like, yeah, worst case, I'll have one in seven years, but like, sure. I would love to have one sooner. That would be excellent. Right. Yep, right. so in that case, I mean, you're still going through the EPA compliance, so sure. coming under bond. But I mean, it's got a VQ30 in it, so I'm pretty sure I could put US tune Maxima shit on it and it would be fine. Mm. Maybe. Yeah, and you can't just swap things out, though. I mean, it has to go through compliance. And Dang it. That sounds expensive, yeah. though. Yeah. I'm so, not Bill Gates. I can't, right. yeah. I can't federalize a 959 or whatever yeah. he did. So. Yep. Yeah, I mean, to do the R34 is about an additional $75,000. Oh, I wouldn't God. pay that for an no. amount of time. We yeah. all, I think $75,000. I think I'll wait seven years. Yes, yeah, so wait seven years. Well, the other thing, though, is you could wait until it turns 21, and then okay. you don't need to do EPA. You oh, can okay. still import it before it's 25. Interesting. Because it's exempt under shore display. Is that, if is, is it were to qualify bit, for shore display. I imagine it's a little bit cheaper at least. Yeah, you don't have to do anything. You just import oh. the car. Oh, shit. Well, yeah. yeah, just wait till it's 21 and then have it for four years. Sure. I was going to say, that's not even that far away. That's three years? Something three like years that. from so now. Got plenty of time to plan the petition. Save, save making an argument I would start now because it could take us out okay. two years to hear back from the NHGSA. So, so if you get uh, the shore display exemption added, yep. then you don't necessarily have to import a car yet. Like once the exemption. No, once it's on the list, yeah. it becomes eligible after that. Okay. That's I think cool. motor call should just do that. My buddy Harold uh, imported his Z1 on show or display oh, a year the, before the one it was that's legal. Here. The one that's mm -hmm. actually here. The red yep. one, yep. Yeah, and we've now done it's, it's transitioned yep. over to regular okay. title. Yep. Cool. Yeah, we've done quite a few of them. So. Hmm. Interesting. That's. I, love to pick your brain more on that but Absolutely. not yet because sure. I, I don't need sure. to have a time of my life yet but i am going to have one at some point so. absolutely um so we got a couple of standardized questions the first one's really basic sure it's would you prefer to drive a slow car fast or a fast car slow i would prefer to drive a slow car fast perfect that yep, is the correct that, answer that is the correct answer there is a single correct answer yeah right. we're very that. judgmental actually <laughs> yeah. in this absolutely. podcast right. and the second I'll, one i'll let i'll let ryan prompt on so the, the second one, this one is a little bit kind of out of your wheelhouse, knowing that you're more into, like, Japanese cars and stuff. Sure. We Basically, trust you're flexible enough to answer it. Go though. ahead, yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, a while back, before we started doing this podcast, um, Burger was offered a Ferrari Mondial. What year was it? Uh, it was an 84. 84 Ferrari Mondial. So it was originally a Quattro Valvo, only a four-valve car, hard top, but still a four-seater. Yeah, so it's basically a four-seater Ferrari 308. Yeah. Transverse V8. Uh, manual transmission. But it did not have an engine in it. Or a transmission. Or a transmission. So the question is, is we call it the Mondial Dilemma. Now, the thing is, it's easy to say, oh, I just put the factory engine transmission in. The factory engine transmission is worth more than the car is worth. Way, Absolutely. way more. That's yeah, why, probably sure. why this car was purchased. Because it probably went to a place. 308 as a donor. And there's now probably a 308 <laughs> that's not numbers matching. Correct. Mm -hmm. uh, so the question is, you buy this Ferrari Mondial, you get the awesome wedge-shaped sports car, 
actually perfectly fine handling because it yeah. handles just it's like a 308. It's actually a pretty it's good car. A pretty good car. It's just with that, the hard top, they don't have the cowl shake, which yeah. was the Mondial's main criticism when it came out as a convertible. So the question is, what engine would and you and transmission combo would you put in? <laughs> it has to be transverse mounted. Preferably front wheel drive, or not front wheel. Preferably uh, manual. Yeah. And no, it has to be manual. It, well, it has to be manual, yep. I guess. Yeah. But it's got to be a transverse swap, and you cannot cut any metal. Yep. So you can fit, you know, a, a four cylinder. Yeah, with, basically. So, so like, yeah, so like you could put in an LS with an automatic, which would just suck. But you could put in really anything within that space, so like a J series from Honda or something. And we like weird answers. Yes, so. I, weird answers are great. But it's a good question. <laughs> While you're thinking about it, um, I did. I said a rotary engine. Uh, a twelve A. Yeah, twelve A. Um, a ported out twelve A with a AE one hundred one Corolla transmission and the adapter plate that puts one onto it. I was going to say, we should tell you, uh, adapter plates are okay as long as they're commercially available. Hmm. Yes. Um, my answer was taking a Camry Solara 3.0-liter 5-speed, a Sienna 3.3 V6, and the TRD supercharger for the 3.0-liter, and putting all that in there to have a turnkey reliable... Sorry, Daniel Balto of <laughs> MNCEC just held up a piece of paper outside that of said, the minivan. Do you have time to talk about our Lord, our Lord and Savior motor cult? <laughs> we do, and that's exactly what we're doing. Exactly. But I digress. Putting you on the spot a little bit. We, we like to not prep people with this question because we don't want people to have time to premeditate this. So what's your, what's your gut reaction? And there are wrong answers, so we'll tell you if you got it wrong. <laughs> We've only had one so far. Yeah. And that was an automatic LS. Most of them are pretty good. Huh. Um, it's tough. Yeah. The transverse ma- uh, layout makes it really tough. It actually. does. And you can't use like a, a T5 or a T6 Volvo because those are too long. Yeah, those are way too big. You, you have to have a Volvo for those to fit. What about like an MR2? Like an AW11? Like a 4A? Just, yeah, yeah, you can do it. Because, yeah, I mean, the, I think I like those engines. The 4AG with a turbo on it? Because, yeah. I mean, the, the factory engine made, like, 240 horsepower. Yeah. So that's a totally attainable amount of power. for. I mean, you can yeah. definitely do a... sound decent. Do a 4A. AW11s did not make 240 horsepower. But if you put a turbocharger on yeah, it and you, use a 7A, oh, okay. and you use the 7AFE bottom end, that's yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. Okay. totally you gotta, capable. you got to say that. Yeah, though. so... So a four a four A turbo that deep, that actually was originally my what my yeah. answer was before yeah. I decided. Well, there's my answer. Yeah, there you Fine. go. That's I, a great I had to stick something JDM in it. I have to stick something. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, I was I was curious what your answer was. That's, I was, that's I was not a that. wrong answer. No, that's yeah, definitely that's a very right answer. And speaking of JDM, Ryan, you've been working the last week on your Cressida. Yes, I have. Give actually. the kind gentle folk of Motor Cult. Not not JDM at all, but um, <laughs> uh, That's no. So I, I, I bought a uh, I bought a seven M from Nuke from Drive Cartel. Yep. Um, actually got it in with the help from a few friends, uh, Tucker and my buddy Max. We'll have on Monday. Nice. Okay. Uh, all went in pretty smoothly. Of course, when I put it in, I forgot to I forgot to have somebody lay underneath the car with a drive shaft to guide it in. So and now, Tucker was telling me it's a slip yoke too, so yeah, that's more a of a problem. So not a, a companion ass. flange. Okay, no, it's a slip yoke. Uh, so if you had a BMW, it'd just be a Guibo, and you it's just... it's a companion flange halfway down the drive shaft. So yeah, I'll do four bolts now. Oh, so that's not so bad. It's not that bad. Okay, fine. It's it's a little bit more of a pain in the ass. I put I slip the transmission in neutral. I'll be fine. So I just got I put the slip yoke in, twist it, stick it in, and I'll be fine. Slip so, it in, 
Yep, okay. bolt it up. And then it'll run. And I'll, I'll finally have my Crescenta running for the first time in like a year and a half. It feels like longer than that. No, it's only been a year and a half wow, since okay. I crossed, so it went down. So huh. um, that's just going to be temporary. Um, I got some other projects and stuff I got to do. I got to do Gianna's uh, carbs on her B-series. Have you ordered the carb manifold for it yet? No, I'm doing that. Actually, this paycheck when I get back from... So um, you're not going to finish here. the Crescenta before that? No, I'm fishing at Crescenta. Okay. But good. I'm going to do that tomorrow. Okay. Perfect. It's four bolts. It's not that hard. Um, <laughs> So I, I, I understand, but I needed to clarify. Yeah, I got I got to do the four bolts. Okay. Uh, then I'm going to uh, get the cross to finish up, get that on the road at least. Okay. Um, then, yeah, I'm ordering Jana's carburetor manifold for her record. From and, South Africa, right? Yeah, from South okay. Africa, the Roland manifold. Well, don't get carjacked by your... Well, I'm not going there. Right? Oh, I understand. <laughs> just be careful when you open the package. If it's like... Roughly it's just full of car size. themes that are just going yeah, like, to steal my car. Be careful. My non-running Just be accord. careful. Um, Especially if it's from Johannesburg. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, <laughs> now I'm going to do that. Um, then, so yeah, the Accord goes first. The, the, our motor cult studio, my Mazda 5, <laughs> gets tent and uh, coilovers from oh, Mazda God. 3. That's going to be amazing. Um, yeah, it's actually the same generation Mazda 3 as the one next to us right here. Um, I'm not Ryan is pointing at a second gen Mazda 3 yeah, hatch so out the window. It, it should work perfectly. Excellent. So, uh, and then, yeah, then, then it's Cressida time again. Minty. Yeah, so I'm really excited. When the Cressida uh, gets back together, it'll be a manual swap and then a one chip. So, okay. Brian, um, does Import Vehicle do, or Top Rank, do they do um, just engines or just cars? No. Just cars? Yeah. Cars exclusively? Yeah. Cool. I'll bother somebody else. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, please and thank you. I get that so. question all the time, and it's more trouble than it's worth. So no, it's, it's got to be a huge pain in the ass. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Right. Um, so, now the thing is with my uh, with my Cressida, I got that because, well, I actually got it because the clutch just broke down, broke on the CRX. I was over. I needed to get a car. That seems like a pattern of your life. Yeah, that CRX was just a nightmare. So, but anyway, I got the Cressida um, at the dealership I was working at. And if I had a choice, frankly, I would have probably just imported a Mark II or a Chaser. Okay. Uh, as opposed well, to... Well, that would have taken time, and you needed a car now. Yes, it did. Oh, I'm hearing... Not if you know apps. someone that has them That's in true. stock. This is right before <laughs> I... Is stock. before I met you, Brian. Days. <laughs> Days we could have had it here. So, um... You know, oh, a, a lot. A lot of people ask if it's worth importing a twenty-five or uh, importing a car under a twenty-five euro law, or rule, I guess. Uh, um, if it's over twenty-five, absolutely. Don't yeah, even I think do. twice it's, about it. Well, I mean, it's if, a little bit of shipping. Big people, fucking deal. People are, well, a lot of people ask that go, yeah, but is the R thirty-two that much better than a Supra? And Brian, what's the answer? Get a JDM Supra if that's how you feel. They're yeah. eligible now. Yeah, and the, the JDM Supra is that much better than the American one. Exactly. It's like actually cooler. What's the price you're willing to pay to not be basic? Well, not not Whoa. only that. Like, all right, so that's why saying, I want my Avant time. I'm just all right. Yeah. It, well, and the, the thing is, like, with cars, is that the, your like company slogan? Yeah. <laughs> What's the that price you're willing you to pay to not be not, basic? But I think that should be. That should be. It. Right, you should perfect. put that like on at least your. Put it on the next board meeting docket or something. Um. Well, no, because I mean the thing is, if you're paying like so, a Supra is like a sixty, eighty grand car, like fairly regularly for one in good condition. Yep. So Talk I mean, Mark if you, three, Mark four. And Mark interestingly four. enough, okay. we've got beautiful MK4 Supras, twin turbo V60. Yes. Or V160. V160s. V160s. Yeah. And uh, 
you know, we've got one right now that's got 44,000 miles uh, on it for 50 uh, grand. So you can buy the JDM one that everybody wants for easily fifteen, twenty thousand dollars less than you're going to get one in the U.S. for, and it's got forty-four thousand original miles. Still so it's, driving all it's, versus it's cheaper and low mileage. Cheaper and way lower mileage. If you look at some of the MK4 Supers that are out here right now that are USDM, most of them are well over a hundred thousand miles. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and that's so. So you're getting. We have a lot bigger roads here with a lot right. more distances. So exactly. it makes sense. I've noticed a lot of cars that come over here are in much better condition. Does Japan have a um, like a roadworthiness test that like we don't or something or? Oh, not really. Do I think just, people like, just the, have better care of their things. You know what I mean? Like yeah. people well, aren't over there bastardizing their cars like right. we are in the U.S. for the most part. And, well, the thing is, like you're getting like hammered with taxes but they also and like, don't do... parking spots and stuff. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it it takes a lot more effort to own a car in Japan. So you're much more likely to find an old car. And it's a society thing condition. too because they don't like secondhand goods in Japan at all. Really? They take no pride in secondhand goods. So that's they... why there's a lot of one owner vehicles and not a lot of secondhand. Really? Okay. But yeah, I mean, like. But the, I like this Honda Acti. I'm saying, dude. Or the Delica. Look at that thing. Dude, that Delica. So we're, we're looking at the importervehicle.com website. Slash um, inventory. Yeah, it, that's uh, the top rake international vehicle importers website. I've seen Delica, which oh, could easily. That, that The Delica could easily replace our studio, I think. Or if you could find your, me a Toyota Steema. That's a yeah. 2JZ GTE engine, too. Oh, no shit. All right. 10 grand. Yep. That's Is it a, a manual? Uh, it can be a I manual with some bolts. I think it's automatic. Oh, tragic box. We're going to go ahead and back off of that well, no. one. All right, so, all right, so it's automatic now, but that's the thing. is The 92 Toyota Aristo was pre-VVTi, so yep. you can just get a manual transmission ECU. I think even the automatic transmission ECU should work. And then you're, you just got to get... Either a W58 or or a uh, V160, and then. But let's focus uh, on the fact metal. that it's only ten grand. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. This, this is a super I was talking super about. Super So I mean, yeah. All right. Too, so yeah. so we were scrolling down. We were, what we we're trying to do is find yeah, the super. Yeah, fifty grand. Perfectly reasonable. It's a six-speed car. It's so, a six-speed yep, car. That's a, 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 a cracking deal. It's, it's a ninety-three Mark IV with a look at this GTST fifteen nine. Yep. The pricing is great. Hell of a car. There's a lot of stuff in here. Well, what, here, sc- scroll back up for a second. What's with this uh, $50,000 GTR? That I'll must be... That. Where is it? That, scroll up a little bit more. A little bit more. Right there. Oh, you're going to want to click yeah. on that. So, wh- wh- tell me about that one. Because that one's... That's like a... Oh, it's a Tommy Kyra. No shit. There it is. Yeah, oh, yeah, and this wow. Was the one that's that was, super uh, rare. It was just on Donut Media yesterday. The episode okay. came out. Um, Excellent. The thing on it. But yeah, very rare. Uh, 400 of them and this one we've got everything we've got actually the original custom order sheet uh, that's amazing from the first owner of the car we've got the original brochures we've got I mean everything on the car so so really so for people that I mean because motor cults about half JDM half European DTM, stuff we'll yeah say. Um, so it's a lot of the people are from the European car community that don't really know what Tommy Kyra is it's Tommy, I know what that is yeah Tommy Kyra they're kind of like a they're kind of like AMG before Mercedes bought them, um, yeah. or I guess closer to like Roof. Well, it's, where, yeah, it's like a Brabus or something. Yeah, like that. or a I mean, Brabus they or something. Multiple makes, yeah. but they're like a factory supported tuner. Exactly, and so Tommy Cairo back in the uh, early '90s and late '80s made a run of Skylines. Uh, the first one was the M30, which was uh, I think it was the R31. This is a, and then this R32 okay. is this G, is this R32 GTR. Right. Um, 
by the time of Cairo GTR is very limited production, highly sought after. So if you're a collector looking for an R32 that's going to just massively this is the one improve in price. Yeah, like that. That's an I guess improve. What's increase? Increase. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm, I mean, you're right. I mean, both I'm ways, three beers in. I'm hot as hell. I know. <laughs> so, I know. I'm um, running low too. But, but yeah, no. That that'd be a great car. And then, well, you don't just import like super high level cars. You no. also have. I mean, you've got the Honda Beat. I saw they're talking about and they, cappuccinos. You should scroll back, scroll down to the Honda Acti or the Honda Beat that they have. That, that I don't care about that, but I do want to see the cappuccino. There's the Beat. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Nissan Pows are popular. Figaro's, Pows are micro um, E30 BMWs. You know, we've done those. Okay, so cool. yeah, no, that so they'll they'll import anything. Um, I know Jana's my girl, my girlfriend, and one of our sound engineers, along with Corey. Um, She's They're in the front seats, by the way. She, she's um, kind of half looking for a Clio Williams or yeah, a Renault 5 that, Turbo. Yeah. yeah, we did. Um, yeah, she's wearing her Clio, uh, her Renault 5 uh, Maxi shirt right now. Um, but yeah, they're uh, so yeah, importedvehicle.com is definitely the place to go for getting anything that's not sold in America. It's a nice website, too, it's, actually. It's a beautiful running website. And then the thing is, is you're not dealing with some creep from like Canada that like has. Like imports cars to America on the side. Yeah, we or don't do things from Canada. Canada cars have problems. They always have problems. So, um, I can listen to someone tell me till they're blue in the face that they can get a car in Canada, and that's that's great. It's for great. Them yeah, too. sure. Yeah, good. Exactly. Have fun. Bye bye. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can make wine in my toilet too. That doesn't mean that it's better than something. <laughs> Are you in prison? I didn't yeah, think exactly. so. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it's we don't we don't touch a lot of cars from up there just because. Well, you, you hear so many problems about people that like import cars like that's substantially similar. Yeah, yeah you need a letter from the, the manufacturer. Is, no, the other thing is that you get these people that import cars from like just like Joe Schmo, like in Florida, and then they didn't do the titling correctly oh, you originally. Don't even get started on Florida, yeah. yeah but yeah. I mean, what, just <laughs> as an example, does it have tires ish? Yeah, it sounds good. This thing's got a weed whacker title, <laughs> yeah, like, and a bin off an S thirteen. Yeah, so like you get these really sketchy cars that come through Florida, and then that's where you run into problems. So yeah. the thing is, if you're spending, you know, say you're trying to buy a Honda Beat or something, yeah, you yeah. want like a cheap import. I'm thinking yeah. something like that yeah. particularly because well, these are this is these are sort of people that are going to be, you know, yeah. looking for a for a bargain. Yeah. This is not the sort of thing you bargain. Yeah, I mean, some Honda things Honda. are a little bit more expensive, and and like I said, I mean, I will be the first person to tell you that there's definitely cheaper cars out there. Yeah. But the problem is that when you're buying a car that's 25, 28 years old. And you have no idea about that car. And say Canada, for example, you know, they have the 15 year import law. That car has been sitting there for at least 10 years longer than it's been here. In the salt. You know, it's just, you can open yourself up to some problems. And all of our cars get thoroughly inspected. You know, we do the maintenance at, you know, our facility in Japan. The cars come here, that maintenance gets all re-inspected. Our cars come with the records of all that maintenance that's been done. There is a difference between cars. that's something I wasn't yeah. even. You know, spend if you more buy, than the difference. If you're looking at an R35 and one dealership has one cheaper than the other, and they're both brand new, that's different. But if you're looking at, right. you know, an R32 GTR, these cars over the years have had different histories. They've had different owners. They've had different maintenance. They've had different records. Been different places. Mm-hmm. You know, so it really does need to be on a car by car basis. 
that, that really does make sense. And right. I, that's even something I didn't even think about. Right. I was just thinking about legally, like, somebody doesn't title the car right. Sure, and that's you the other thing, too. You get pulled over yeah. for tabs. Buying an illegal car. <laughs> like, that sucks. This <laughs> is not a Maxima, sir. Ah, yeah, ding. The thing with illegal cars is anybody can buy one, right? Yeah. I mean, I could go buy an R34, an illegal one, right now. The problem is, can you keep that car? Yeah, exactly. And that's the issue, is that there's a difference between buying one and a difference between continuing to own that car. Right. And are you willing to take the that's risk a of having for sure. your $150,000 or, you know, uh, most illegal R34s are $135,000. Are you willing to risk that? That's a good do car, you but spend, it is not $135,000. Do you want to spend $15,000 more Especially for somebody get and get the Midnight now. Purple 2 one that's federally Respect. legal, that's imported under show or display? Yep. I mean, the extra $15,000 extra 15, extra $15, will help you sleep at night mm-hmm. knowing that the feds aren't coming through your garage and that's, door and taking your car. <laughs> and that's the thing, that's which does happen. People yeah. think that doesn't happen, but oh, it does happen. Uh, it just happened a, to the red one in Florida. That's what I was talking yeah. about. That's actually a car brought that up. Yeah. And that's what I was saying originally. It was like people like somebody that's looking for like a Honda Beat or one of those K cars yeah. that are a little bit cheaper, yeah. they're going to be looking for something that's a little bit cheaper to like sure. get into America. Yep. And that's one of those things where, yeah, you know, spending five grand on a Beat might seem like a good idea and it's from some random guy. Sure. But spending, I'm not sure how much you have your Beat for, but... Um, $3,000 more. Yeah, for three grand more, yeah. you know that you can run a stop sign and then not get arrested and have your car crushed. You could be me and drive up to proving grounds. Yeah, like you can actually be legal to do stuff like own it. So that's that's kinda why it's important to go through an importer like Mm -hmm. that. So that that's a that's a pretty huge uh, benefit. And that that to me personally that's worth more than three grand because well, you own the car. Like otherwise, yeah. if you import it from some random guy, like cool, you just paid five grand for a Honda Beat, but legally it's a Geo Metro. Yeah. So well, yeah, not yeah. just that too, but like what, going back to what you're saying is, I mean, it's, it's knowing at least a little bit of history on the car. I mean, buying yeah. a car sight unseen. I mean, you can do that on Craigslist locally, sure. Sure. Doing it halfway across the world, you're like right. maybe not so good. Yeah. Well, you kind of did that with your Ferrari, like you. you well, you, well, that you was in Pittsburgh, it. though. I mean, I bought both my A30 wagons. Well, you also knew what you were getting into. Kind of, but like I just told the guy, I'm like, as long as it has three pedals in it, it's not completely rusted out, and it's an A30 wagon, just ship it to me, and here's what I'll pay. Yeah, you you knew you were when you were right. paying that. You also lowballed the hell out of him because he did. didn't have any history on the car. Right, and neither did so, he, and he didn't care. So. Yeah, and he knew what he had. So yeah, with well, your situation, that's a little bit different than buying a car, which is. You know, a really old car to another from another country. Like right. But I mean, it had it has it, it had its issues too. I mean, like yeah. I, it had water in the cooling system, and like anytime something gets on a boat and goes across the Atlantic, you're going to get a lot of surface rust happening uh-huh. on any area that's had any oxidization on it before. So stuff you got to watch out for. But yeah, a car that's already in the country, you can get pictures of it in the country. Right. It's legal. You can get pulled over in it. It's not yeah. a problem. <laughs> You can street park the motherfucker. <laughs> like, it's great. Like, so anyway, th- th- that's actually... That's, it's totally worth whatever premium it is. Yeah. The kind of person shopping for an imported, unique vehicle should know that. Right. Well, yeah. And, well, that's the thing. Is I'm actually... I'm, I'm kind of going through this right now, because for my next project car, after I'm done with the Crescenta yeah. and everything, manual swapping and one j the next... And, well, actually, I, this might preempt it, because really it's Just continue one thought anyway, process. Um, uh, no, I'm I'm going through it right now because I'm either just, thinking of buying a Supra, a Z31, or importing a. What happened Cappuccino. to the C4? The C4 is on that list too. So, but the thing is, four options. So four options. I guess, <laughs> the C4. 
<laughs> but on that list is buying a cappuccino. And I know for a fact... Jenna should have a cappuccino. You should have a C4. Or no, a I, want a C4. I want a cappuccino. Me too, but that just fits Jenna way better. No, she needs a, she needs a rental or something. Like, so I cappuccinos wanna, are cool. Yeah, cappuccinos are cool. cool. I don't fit in one, um, oh, so I can't tell you from you're, experience. You're, you're, yeah, but Brian, you're also legs. But I, like hear, a I hear people <laughs> like them. I hear they're very fun. Our customers that have them very much enjoy them for autocross and stuff like that. So. Brian, you're, you're notorious for being so tall that you would not like clutches in cars. So Yeah, <laughs> there's certain cars that I don't drive. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Manuals. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't drive the MR2s. I don't drive the Beats. Uh, you know stuff like that. Pretty much any other car. I'm a- anything smaller than a Supra. <laughs> yeah, well, R32 smaller than a Supra. I don't have any problems with an R32. Yeah, you, you, so. you can. Re- don't you seem to have a problem with the second yeah. row of the Mazda 5. Fine. Yeah. You know, well, so. he's he's kind of contorted if you look at it. Well, yeah, I know. He's got Cirque du Soleil going. Where things on start to get dicey is about the FD. Mm-hmm. And that's questionable. Like I can, you know, I have no problem driving one, but I have a problem. Yeah, enjoying, enjoying myself enjoying driving yourself one. Yeah, yeah. You know, Lotus Elise for you then. Absolutely. You know what's funny is I have a video which I can send you guys, which is really funny, um, of me trying to get um, out of okay. a Lotus. Oh, that getting would be hilarious. In, um, <laughs> was interesting, but getting out. I was actually, like stop, drop, and roll. Well, no, what I had to do was stand up and go through the sunroof. <laughs> um, like up in the sunroof, and then put my legs out to get out. So like I kind of had to like. Go up, up and then and over and then out. Yeah, I guess you should, so. You should send that to the motor call. I would. I would yeah, ask for that on, yeah, on our right. uh, on our yep. Facebook page. Yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so yeah, we'll definitely publish that. Right. Yeah, it was yeah a Lotus Esprit. Oh my god. Oh, not even an Elise. Elise, yeah, it was out of question. No, that was, wow. okay, I was imagining like yeah, it was Tony Suki's uh, Black Lotus Esprit. Okay, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's real. Big fan I, of the car. Picturing Love those cars. Benny Hill's Yakety Sax. A little Lotus Esprit yeah. than you. <laughs> I might actually have better luck with the Esprit. So I, I, all right, we spent roughly half the episode talking it's, it's about whatever. It's all right, yeah, let's but we should move on. We to moving on to a story. Yeah. Uh, I've got the first one. I'm sure you guys both saw this, but GM executive crashes Corvette Indy pace car. I saw that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, did you hear about that? I did. Yes. Yeah. Did. Oh man. I saw the front. Of the car. I don't know what. What do they do? Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I have a YouTube link, but we're also on my phones. Uh, Wi-Fi, so let me see yeah, if I can that'd be a, probably a little sketch if we get that point. But anyway, but I, I think he was doing like a parade lap or something, and he just like... Let her rip. Overcorrected and ended up face first into uh, a yeah, median. But it, it, pace cars don't do anything. They drive around. I like, know. How do you, you fuck that up? I don't know, but apparently they Your did. sound is on, by the way. That's that's fine. The nice oh, ladies yes. and gentlemen. They can hear the the dull murmur of the uh, Mazda 5 air conditioning. Belt. There oh, it is. There it is. Yeah, oh, yep. So oversteer... Oh, yeah, no, he just not he, even an overcorrection, just oversteer right into a wall. Yeah, that that's clearly something that's never driven a sports car. That's how you, you know his daily drivers in Equinox. It's clearly. Oh. American. <laughs> I'm just gonna stop right here and say it's clearly an American car. Yeah, it, boom. <laughs> just yeah, leave it at you that. see, no Toyota executive has ever done that because the Toyota Supra would have gotten around that I corner. I saw a meme last a week. Problem. It had Ford CEO like doing a GT 350R like track day or something, and no problem. Yeah. And it had this like parade lap and a, a parade Z- lap and ZR1 a, or Z06 or also the reason why a 25-year-old Supra is worth $50,000 and 25-year-old Corvettes uh, Allegedly more than the new Supra, by the way, if you saw <laughs> yeah, the prices it's true, for that. Yeah. It, it's yeah. probably worth it. Too, it's going to yeah. be worth more than the new Supra. Um, I believe that. So that, that's hilarious. And, uh, you know, we, we try really hard not to talk 
talking trash about American cars. It's Woo! just... It's not talking trash. Trash where trash is due, we talk trash on American cars. The there are, if that racetrack was a straight line, it, it would have been, been no great. problem. It would have been perfectly fine. And it's not that we don't like American cars. Corner, the guy was just an idiot. Yeah, it, that's the thing. Yeah, it's... You know, any sports car that's cheap. Also, hey, going back to R32s, I wanted to make sure they were in good condition. Any sports car that at any point in its life is make affordable. Make sure it has not been owned by a GM executive. Into a wall. Yeah, um, right. yeah. If it hasn't been owned by a GM executive, it's probably good to go. <laughs> so I, I have a story here, actually. This is also, wasn't that the Toronto Grand Prix that that happened? What? That the GM crashed the car? Um... Yeah, I think so. I, I, think it, I think it was Toronto. I already also, closed the tab. Also, another article from uh, Canada is a lady got pink eye in Quebec. Because, that happens every day. Yes, I know. It ha- Canada's a very dirty place. What does this have to do with cars? All right, so she was driving her car with the sunroof open. Okay. Oh, <laughs> it was like bird shit or something? Yeah, no, a plane flew over <laughs> and was landing in the blue ice, which is the term... <laughs> For, the term for this is called ice fall, by the way. But the blue they ice... They have a term for it. Yes. It's called ice fall. It's when the poo uh, that's coming out of the toilet freezes, where it comes out of the plane when you're at high altitude. It's not supposed to you, come out of the plane. It's supposed to sit in a receptacle. No, you, they dump the receptacle when they're flying over the ocean. Oh. So, but the thing is, when they close the flap for that, a little bit can end up on the receptacle. Okay, sure. Well, anyway, so this flap didn't entirely close because of ice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and when they were coming down to land, all the poo had it started liquefied to warm up and warmed up and started dropping out of the plane precipitously. And as this lady was seeing a stoplight and the plane was coming over to land and coated the inside of her car in poo. <laughs> She got pink eye. Her eyes swelled up, quote, to the size of a golf ball. <laughs> uh, she sued, she's suing the airliner and wants an apology, and they've not apologized yet. Sue them then. So I guess it's her fault. That, that's what they get for charging us for the second overhead baggage. Yeah, exactly. Item. So wow. um, that's I found disgusting. It, I, one second, before you close this, I found this on Jalopnik. If you scroll up to the article, look at what it's filed under. Shitstorm. <laughs> it's tagged as poop airplanes corporate transportation in Canada. Wow. Wow. Good. So good going, internet. That, that was a, that was a good uh, tie-in. No, that's that's, a, that's that. a pretty excellent story. Um, I think the next also one's speaking too, of airports, I've got another story, which um, actually comes with uh, the story of airports. A uh, airport taxi driver managed to launch a. Ford Econoline off of a car park. I'm going to open this link. He meant to put it in there into reverse. Oh, yeah. Oh, so it's like the Buffalo Minneapolis article yes. from our first episode. I don't know how people fuck this up because you have neutral annoying. Like, there's... I, I just don't get it. But anyway, so... Oh, guy, my word. Yeah, the guy oh. launched this airport taxi Econoline. Can I say, I'm very impressed with the uh, roof strength on an Econoline? Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Wow. Like, this dude launches Econoline off the fourth story well, of the car the park impact on the front yeah. but it rolled over onto the roof it landed on the front Very and impressive. rolled on its roof and actually the guy was completely unarmed 
He had like what a black a eye. Freaking that idiot. That's pretty unbelievable. So the guy's a moron. He's totally fired. <laughs> 59 year old Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. Of course okay. it's in Florida. Florida yeah. man. Jeez. Yeah, Florida man. The, the, the guy was having a job. And the for funny benefits. thing about that van is it's probably titled as a lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that. They, yeah, they this is a 1990 weed, weed Whip Lawn Boy 25cc. <laughs> exactly. I don't need to pay any tabs on this. Can I have plates though? <laughs> sure. It's Imagine the insurance uh, just uh, totaled out a oh weed whipper. <laughs> we would never recover. From so, that. so yeah, that that's everything that's happened between airports and Canada. So, rule of thumb: if you own a vehicle and you are in near an airport, watch out for poo and E three fifty. I was gonna say flying what, from the sky. What was the industry <laughs> term for the blue rain again? Uh, it was called uh, ice fall. Oh, okay, ice, ice fall. fall. Watch out for. Yeah, watch out for it ice It sounds like a B-side horror movie it where does. people are like, they're like just airplanes. It sounds somebody like, like hacks into airplanes and starts releasing it all. And it, it's, like, you it's, it's, it's a crappy James Bond. I was gonna say it sounds like a crappy James Bond movie. One like of the ones the start of a B-side zombie movie. Like this is how it starts. It's, Don't get me started on B movies. <laughs> oh man, we started watching Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Oh yeah, yeah. So so it sounds like a later Pierce Brosnan Bond. All right, I'm moving on. <laughs> All right, yes. <laughs> Patreon topic. I'm starting this one. Um, this week we've got uh, wrenching as the overall topic, but I picked this one because it was a little interesting to me when I was reading through it. Uh, the subtopics were what are the easiest job to do on a car, or easiest jobs to do on a car that people think are hard, Ooh. and then what are the hardest jobs on cars that people think are easy? Sure. And I want to start with one of the hardest jobs that people think are easy because I just did one last week. I did a timing belt on an 05 Lexus ES330 with a water pump, and it was as hard as doing an engine out service on my Ferrari F355. (laughs) It was horseshit, and people do them a billion times a day across the world. So that's that's that's, that's my tough job my, that people think are easy. My my tough job, I would say, would be uh, front wheel bearings on a Mazda five. You go wheel bearings, not that hard. It's a Bolton, right, or something. So, <laughs> no, this, this Bolts are stuck in It all came out easily until I got the. Well, I, I guess I should blame this more on our like hack job bearing press that we have at work. Oh, okay. Um, where we have it on a pallet jack, <laughs> so it's a mobile bearing press. And then it's got a hydraulic leak on it, so it doesn't go back up. So actually, it was a pretty easy job. Just four-fifths of my time I spent fucking around with this bearing press trying to get it to work right. Four-fifths is an odd <laughs> fraction. It was 80%. <laughs> like, I'm th- glad you had, can calculate those I, I, into percentages. I, 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 really I w- really would have had this done in probably a half an hour if it wasn't for this bullshit bearing press. But, I mean, how often do you find a bearing press that like, works like it should? Almost never, never unless does. it's specifically designed for the application. Yeah, if it, unless it's a hydraulic bearing press, right. like that is the one item in a shop that's perpetually broken and is always used and always fucks up every job. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, what what do you think? I mean, I guess you probably know something. I, about, I don't know like, how much you wrench. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna be honest with you. Okay. You, know, you don't wrench Level that much. With us. No. <laughs> That's fair. Well, I okay. firmly so believe. How about you just make it up then? I firmly <laughs> believe in having my cars. Uh, and encourage our customers to have their cars properly serviced. But I'm a master by a trained professional. You see, that's the thing. I'm fairly mechanically inclined. Sure, I hear this all the I, time. Go I, on. I still concur with you. Yeah. I hear people all I the time. I fuck up every job I do. This oh, is what I can do anything. I, I, I break something. You're all a the master time. tech, and that's great. 
but I would say the majority of our customers are not. No, God, And no. I hear this all fact, the time. I've had that on a podcast before. <laughs> People true. tell me all the time, I don't even care if the car runs. I don't care what condition it is and blah, blah, blah. I, uh, man, I used to work on my Miata. I can handle it. <laughs> no. No, you can't. And what's going to happen is we're going to sell you this car, quote, unquote, as is, just like you asked for. And within 36 hours, you're going to be having a meltdown. Because you don't know what you're doing. Because your 1993 twin so, turbo rotary isn't yeah, working properly. Because so, you didn't care if it ran. We have <laughs> some amazing techs that work from us, uh, that work for us, and um, I mean, we send the cars to places that we know uh, are going to be handled properly. Sean uh, Morris, who is the director for our company in Los Angeles, he's an excellent tech on these cars, mm-hmm. um, and I think I'll speak for him on this. I don't think he necessarily even really likes working on the cars. I mean, work on his car is more of a labor of love, but, you know, the thing is, some of these cars get a little bit more complicated than right. some of this stuff that's around. Oh, and it's, it's nuanced. It's different between an LS Super high-cost four-wheel yeah. steering yeah. and a Tesla you know, four, uh, um, four-wheel drive. Right. That's something I would never touch. But I know that, uh, for example, to give you an idea, and some of this can be a little bit more difficult, right now we have a car that has a coolant link, and when, you know, on an R32, you have to drop the trans to get at that so it's a little bit more of a process than than your Miata you know, than yeah. what some people think they're getting into and that's not to spook people away from buying the cars dance, bro. sure <laughs> <laughs> right yeah cool I, you know but uh good for you bro yeah, like, yeah great right. just fuck out well in that case you know I've got some cars I can sell you but no, um, no, no, no. you know I guess on wrenching on things I don't really want to speak on that topic. That's fine. So we could probably skip the easiest jobs that people think are hard, too. I I will say the easiest jobs that people think are hard usually are engine swaps. I was going to say water pumps. You say water pump, people are like, ooh. There is some that that suck. The timing chain. The Lexus ES330. You have to pull the cam gear off the engine to do a fucking water pump. That's a hard job. So you're talking swaps, right? Are we talking doing a swap, or are we talking, like, properly... Doing a really well done. Swap. So, all right, because well, we, Sean and I, were just having this conversation about people swapping cars and the difference between what people think is a good swap and like what is an actual good that's true. swap. That right? is very because true. It might be functional, right. but it might not be good. It might not be that done well, right? Like if you got butt connectors in your wiring harness, no, that's that true. ain't good. So, all right, well, here, here's an example. I guess that that's something that's really subjective because I mean, as you proved, putting an M117. Mercedes V8 no from a 560 SEL into a 1976 Mercedes 240 diesel. Totally fits. Kind of takes nine years to do correctly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's fun, but, but I, mean, I guess that, that's, that's one example. But, like, something like, you know, you know swapping one 7M to another 7M yeah. on my Cressida. Sure, like for pretty like Pretty cake. Like, yeah. everything that's gone wrong in that is just because this is my first time having ever done that particular engine. However, I can say Honda D-Series to Honda D-Series, I've got that down. I can do that in three hours. Sure. And even, like, doing, like, an H-Series into, like, a CRX, it's pretty simple. Like, once you've you've got your mind around the job or the swap and you know how to do it correctly, the subsequent ones are easy. But, I mean, like, the techs you employ, they've worked on an RB R32 before. So well, the they dif- inherently are going to be better at working on the car. Right. And the difference is if you're doing it because this is fun for you and you want this in your car, it's one thing. Right. But if you're doing it and then you have to retail that to somebody else. That's right. true. It's There's a be level factory. of expectation that people have when they're paying for something. Right. You know, if we're 
buying an automatic car. Why you would know? you do that? Right, but I'm saying, you know, uh, say okay, say we buy a really nice automatic R32 GTS. It's an oxymoron. But wait, they made them. Great. Good. Well, and they're, we're going to swap it. We're going to make it five-speed manual, right? Good. Well, you should have just said that. Sure. I don't there was a really awesome hot automatics a bunch. Right. That so we're going to, let's just say, in town. hypothetically, we find a super clean R32 GTS. Sure. And, you know, we say, okay, well, we're going to go ahead, buy this car, you know, because we're getting it as a good price, it's really clean, we're going to do a five-speed swap on the car. Sure. Okay. The quality of that has to be next level because we're to going be to turn around and retail that car to somebody. Right. It can't be hacked together you have with three dudes. And I, I get that because, like, the cars yeah. I swap for customers are not like the cars I swap, you swap for, for yourself. Me. Right, exactly. Right. There's certain things you'll live with. <laughs> Correct. But at the like end of the day, it's lights. Your I don't car. care. Sure. Customers exactly. care. Right. <laughs> yeah. Things matter. You know what I mean? And, you know, um, precisely. Yeah. <laughs> it's just little but shit like that. I totally to add get to the you. thing that I think is more difficult than some people think it is, I guess, if I had to pick one, um, is turboing an NA car. That actually, oh. that sucks. Well, because that involves engine management, it's difficult, and that's witchcraft. And it's expensive. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we talk to people that oh, think they're going to save $2,500 by buying an NA car, but then find then out it's going to cost them ten grand to turbo the car. Yeah. You know, so we do get a lot of requests from customers that are like, it's fine if it's auto, it's fine if it's NA. And, um, you know, I admittedly debated this myself with the Supra, but... Um, you know, how much work are you willing to do and how much money are you willing to spend compared I, to what it's just going to cost you in the first place? You know, that's actually a, a good question. It might be a future topic question of mm-hmm. what is acceptable for something like a Mark IV Supra. Would you rather have the worst engine or the worst transmission? Oh, I, I gotcha. Mark okay, for, so what, what Supra, specification level is I will, acceptable? Yeah, like I will absolutely take an automatic Supra no. with a turbo. Over it's like a manual NA. Here's here's the thing. Well, turbos, the manual trans you have to get rid of anyhow because the manual NAs are five speed and you're gonna want a six. So I but don't the, care. The thing no, is, it is, by the time yeah. you the super is a good a good debatable question because supers are expensive and most people that buy them, you know, are stripping that car down and doing a crazy build on it. Sure. So if you if you know you're gonna put a built trans in that car, yeah. right, and that trans is coming out then who cares what trans is in the first place? Exactly. If yeah. you know that you're going to strip that engine down and you're totally going to rebuild it and you're going single turbo, who cares if you have a factory twin turbo? Right. But the thing is, there's a difference between a guy that buys a car and knows he's going to put 50 grand into it and a guy that buys a car thinking he's going to save himself five grand right. and finds That's out he's going to put right. 50 grand into it. It's all there's about a difference. Yeah. yeah. There's That's a difference. About your mindset. When I bought yeah. Brexit, I found the shittiest engine configuration I could that had a manual, yeah. and I bought that. Yeah. Right. And like an engine we didn't even get in the United States because it's so underpowered and crappy. Right. Well, an- another. Because I knew I was ripping it out and putting a 3.2 liter turbo in it. An- another question is what's harder? Is it harder to put a turbocharged engine into it or harder to put in? a manual transmission because I know on a Supra a manual transmission is plug and play right. like but if you're, if you're coding, if you're I'm if you're manual swapping say in a quarter Civic you're going to be having to drill holes in the firewall right. which oh. is going to suck I don't want to get my drill out when I'm working on my car can we talk about how amazing BMW is for putting the holes in every car and just putting little rubber Toyota plugs does that. and you pump them out that's why that's the next time I'm doing on the Crest is a manual swap because they 
Uh, Excessive Engineering makes a manual transmission clutch pedal that you just bolt on to your normal pedal assembly, and then you just cut the the uh, automatic pedal in half, and then that everything is else so is much in. harder than doing it on a BMW though. But Even that, still, no. Not the thing is, you have the hole plugged in there. You just have to add the clutch pedal on. Oh, I get you, but like yeah. in like an E46 3 Series, it's literally to do the entire pedal and the clutch hard line. It's probably 20 minutes. That's great. It's the thing is, I think. I think any company that makes it harder, like Honda, where you have to drill yeah. to put a manual transmission. Anything that requires I, modification, because that leaves it open for errors and interpretation. Well, not, not only things not, that, not only that you now up. have to make, a, when you're producing the car, you have to make another firewall. Right. As opposed to just making a. Right? Like a <laughs> How much do rubber Making plugs a, cost? Make it's gotta a one be less. tenth of a penny rubber plug. Like, but when you sell, cares? you know, when you sell a million and a half units, maybe maybe the cost is cheaper to make it, a second is metal the, stamp. Is the manual take rate that high that it's worth making another I firewall? Cannot, I cannot imagine it. Like is. it cannot be. It must be ridiculous to make a manual as opposed to just put a plug in there. Ugh. Um, I think. So yeah, I, I think this so, is kind of a third part of this question I want to talk about too. Yeah, what's actually. that? Uh, what jobs? If, assuming you are a competent wrench, what jobs, assuming you're a competent wrench, would you still farm out? AC work. Anything with oh, AC. Oh, God, yeah. For sure. Fucking AC. Yeah, that. I totally, um, I, I love alignments. AC. Alignments. Alignments. I'll do alignment. Because I, I, I have an alignment rack at work. I want work. it to be good, though. Yeah, but I have an alignment rack at work. And I'm going to call it. that farming out, yeah. though. If, you're that, having, if, I'm having, if I have to take my car away from my driveway to work on it, that's farming out. Right. Uh, but AC entirely, yeah. I will absolutely pay one of my technicians to do that at work. Well, that requires really expensive specialized equipment. And um, if you fuck it up, you can blow things up badly. Engine tuning. Engine tuning. <laughs> engine tuning oh, yeah. I will never touch that. I will oh. let Brian bait you in my car for the rest of my life. Yeah, BMA is pretty good at that. <laughs> um, Brian, well, I mean, I guess you would farm out just about next to anything. All of it? Every, everything <laughs> short of that. Yeah, one, <laughs> one thing that I don't, I, I don't like doing in, I guess I... A little sketchy about his brakes. I don't like doing brakes. I don't. No, that's that's fair. I, I always get nervous. I feel like that's something that above anything you really seriously need, and um, you know, it's it's a lot. Well, they're super important, but they're engineered to be incredibly straightforward. Right. Too. Yeah. Exactly. Just, I'm I'm with you on that one. I get brakes, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like you could do it yourself, right? Yeah. But it's also not like that expensive like, to have somebody hmm, else. Do what it. was that noise? Was right. that a guide pin that I didn't yeah, tighten? You know, it's like it's one of those things that you know it could go wrong really quickly, or you could just pay someone a little bit to do it. The the thing is, I've seen in the time I've worked in the automotive career field as a service advisor, I've seen. Maybe three brake jobs come back because something wasn't tightened correctly, and that's with an ASE certified master technician working oh, yeah. on the brakes. We, we still miss and stuff. If that's yeah. if that's three that have happened over the course of two hundred, it's a pretty good failure rate. Like that's a pretty good failure rate for brakes. Um, now, it, for me, in knowing how often I break shit, mm-hmm. like every single job I do, I always break a bolt or forget something. Every single job I've ever done in my life. Um, that's terrifying. And that. Well, I mean, like, it's like a backing plate. Who cares? Like, <laughs> okay, fine. That, like, if it's when not I, like, oh, the caliper carrier bolt yeah, shattered so and something I'm just like going to that, That's a little sketch. But, I mean, like, my, my, my example was when I did my wheel bearing, I broke one of the backing plate bolts. Every single time I've ever worked in my car, I've broken something. So, hmm. I don't, that, that's something I'm totally with you, Ryan, on doing brakes with a technician. Hey man, you asked. Technician I'm does. Just, no, you are right. No, you answer. are right. That's you are 100 percent right. Yeah, that's that's a 
that's the thing where I will not fault you on that. Honestly, <laughs> if I had unlimited money, I would probably farm out almost every piece of work on a car. But since I don't, and I have nice things, I had to learn. Yeah, I do. Um, there, that wheel bearing, I was really holding on that. It was, it was either me and Ty had to go on a road trip or until the wheel ceases. <laughs> <laughs> road trip came first. Okay. <laughs> I hope so. Um, <clears throat> I think we should move on. Let's sure, talk about the sure. next topic. Yep. Um, this next one, do you ever read any of Jeremy Clarkson's Only reviews? his tweets. All right, well, his uh, driving.co.uk, uh, yeah. Sunday Times articles, he writes with the exact same dictation that he, he speaks. That is not surprising to me. Uh, so he reviewed the um, the new Toyota Hilux, which okay. actually... As you know, you've seen, every, everybody that's listening to this has seen the top. We, yeah, here. we all know yeah. that they're European, yeah. small form factor Toyota pickups. Yeah, so the uh, the Toyota Hilux Tacoma, I, th- I think it's actually a Tundra now, but whatever. Anyway. I'm just going to call it a taco. For yeah, the taco. Yeah. Because that's delicious. Those were um, those are historically the most reliable vehicles of all time ever because Takio proved that and because they've defeated America in every single war we've ever gotten into since they've been produced. So it might even be better than a Mercedes-Benz W123 diesel because of the war thing. Yeah, I mean, has America... Has America you have a very it? unique perspective on they've, a lot of shit, They've Ryan. not clean and dry won a war since the Hilux has come out. So I think that the Toyota Hilux is right next to the Sherman tank in the <laughs> atom bomb for the greatest war material. I... Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, but so... Uh, anyway, Jeremy I don't think Clarkson that has ever been said before in the entirety of human history. <laughs> Except Jeremy Clarkson said that in his article. Oh, did anyway, he? Uh, the new Hilux at the top trim level is called the Invincible because Top Gear tried to destroy one. They dropped off a yep. building, lit it on fire, did everything they could to blow it up. It still ran. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Jeremy Clarkson reviewed it and gave it two out of five stars. And why? I, why? Because he was going up. Was it bad? He was going up a slight incline. Uh, five degree incline in soggy tall grass mm-hmm. and the Hilux got stuck in two wheel drive and he tried to put in four wheel drive but Toyota's stupid mechanicals wouldn't work that's pretty bad that's really bad so he, he literally had to get it towed well for all the times you need to push a vehicle off a building you have the Tundra and then for all the times <laughs> that you need to drive through grass no, you the, just get a different vehicle the new vehicle exactly. we push off of buildings now is a Ford Econoline 15 that, that's, passenger clearly now and the building is a that, four story parking structure and it's also in Orlando so so basically what we're really saying here is the next Taliban war car is going to be a Ford Econoline correct <laughs> 15 passenger if but, it's not already super shuttle it's just it, going to be scrubbed off the side anyway if you uh if you ever read it, like the dictation that Jeremy Clarkson uses, yeah, is word for word. Do you I, read it in his voice? Oh, I, you you can't help <laughs> it. Um, but anyway, so here, um, I put in a quote. I could go on to say that the Toyota Hilux Invincible's engine was a bit rough, and the space for the passengers in the rear was tight. But that's kind of like having someone with terminal cancer and telling them that they have an ingrown toenail. <laughs> Okay, like so kind of minor issues. But, I mean, like, that's the thing. Like that, it, That's word for word what he wrote. <laughs> like, I do sounds... see the quotation marks. Okay. <laughs> that's exactly how he talks. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, no, Jeremy Clarkson's, um, his, his writing. His writing's actually very good. Fantastic. But, no, I was more shocked by the fact that the Toyota Tundra Hilux pickup truck sucks now. Well, it must not have a lever for the transfer case anymore. No, it's got a push button. Yeah, see, transfer. that's the problem. That's the problem. 
It's not as bad as mid-90s GM where they went from the lever to buttons, but the buttons, the buttons they work. weren't a solenoid. Mm -mm. Nope, there was a vacuum pump, a solenoid, and then there was a vacuum tube. And the transfer case was oh, that's vacuum optics. So, oh. so what we're getting to is that you, you should definitely just import an yes. older Toyota Hilux. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Exactly. You're right. It has a stick thing for the transfer case there and it works. Go. Absolutely. So, and they look cooler. They and look they're probably so much cooler. better. They're better and in every way. And they're turbo diesel. Boom. Yeah. The big, turbo diesel is the big one. All right, well, guys. I even buy new. We got one last time. I'm going to move on. I want to talk, talk about this last one because this is actually, yes. Tell us. Well, I was because this is my topic. You can, you can, you can I, reply to I it. I want to talk about it. Fine. Tell me about it. Great. So this last one is um, 23% of all of those $1,500 deposits that people stood in line to place for the Model 3 have been canceled Good. to date. Who cares? 23% of every I order for a Model 3 has been canceled. When did they start doing those? 2015. 2015. 2015, 70, 1988 was 25 years then, right? I believe so. Yeah, because it's 1990. Anyway, I figured out why. Everybody's canceling their Model 3s because they're buying R32s. Did you oh. see that somebody <laughs> took a Tesla? I was waiting for this. Somebody took a Tesla motor and put it in an R32. That's no. even better than and a Tesla. I only saw That's the Tesla. Cool. That's better than nope. a Tesla. It's, a, it's Tesla. You, it's in an one? R32. They don't have a name for it. Uh, I saw it on their Instagram. They did, made one. Well, it was pretty tight. We should come up with a name for them. The video has been them. going around, and that's about as much as I've ever cared about a Tesla. Is it a single or dual motor? So on on that bombshell, if you have an if you have Tesla a name Model Three that you have a deposit on, you should too. cancel it and, and buy import. An imported R32 Skyline yeah, from importervehicle.com. Exactly. And you it can is always better. swap in a Tesla drivetrain if you really want. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And you look way less like a soccer mom in an R32 than you do true. in a Tesla. An R32, uh, even a sedan. It's not soccer moms. It's like just really terrible people. Right. Yeah, no, it's like really. And Tesla, really Tesla owners are the type of people who drive fast cars slow. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. They are, literally are. Actually, you know what those are? They're like exclusively. Oh, dude, I was gonna go with the bombshell on that that's one. That was pretty I, that, good. That's a good bombshell. It but was. They're, they're always douchebag realtors. Oh, there's a lot of them. Yeah, like him. He's getting a Tesla. Uh, a totaled one. So on a bombshell, if you own a Tesla, you are a douchebag realtor. Good and night and good luck. Import, <laughs> import R32s. <laughs> yeah, check us out at importavehicle.com. Well, Brian, thank you, thank you very much for uh, coming by. I'll make sure this goes on our media page. <laughs> I'd love it. That'd we'll be great. Right. We'll share it when it goes live. Thanks cool, for guys. meeting us in the mobile studio. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Take All care, right, sir. I'm going to go sell some cars. <laughs> right. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Bye.